It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Well, the Upfront panel is uh, hosted by John Brian this morning, and he'll be here in just a few moments, and he'll be uh, chatting with you about the issues of the day. He's got a whole bunch of papers uh, showing that he did his homework. You did do your homework, did you? Sometimes I have to do a little too much homework, Mr. Bouchard. Uh, yeah, which means you'd have to go overtime, huh? Well, I'm not allowed. The management said no. Yes, that's true. Um, because we, we have precious time here, we're going to make use of it. And uh, on Fridays, we chat with Bob Martin. And Bob uh, takes this serious. Uh, he came back from his uh, Christmas shopping this morning just to do this program. Good morning, Mr. Martin. Good morning, Roger. Yeah, I've got the reindeers in the pen already. Oh, uh, yes. So, uh, I know that Christmas is a special time of the year for you. Now, uh, let's move on to our question right. of the day. It says here, my wife and I are looking to uh, buy a home. And we were looking at new construction and, and looking at an existing piece of property. Is there quite a difference in price? And which do you think is better? Now, I read this question to my wife last night, and she said, it depends. <laughs> so, let's see, what, let's see what Bob Martin has to say. Good well, your wife, your wife is a wise person. Uh -huh. That's pretty much, um, the, the way I would answer that is, um, you know, some people like buying new vehicles. And they smell great. You pay exactly what you want. And, you know, I guess traditionally you drive out of a showroom and you, you lose some value, but... Um, lots of people feel that it's worth the price, myself included. So I think the same thing kind of applies when you're looking at new construction. Uh, you are paying a premium. I'm not saying people shouldn't do it, but you pay the premium. You're, you know, everything in the house is new. So you will have much less deferred cost in the near future or over the few, first few years. New roof, you know, you've probably got upgraded windows. Um, more energy efficient, you get exactly the colors you want, uh, the carpeting you want, the granite you want, but you pay a premium for that, okay? Um, and, and there's a certain amount of time where, you know, you get so many shrubs and you usually get hydro-seeded so that, you know, you're going to bring your lawn around. and you, So you pay a little bit of a price for that. Um, when you're buying existing uh, and this is where the depends comes in. I mean, if you're buying a home, you know, that was built in 1890, um, you're going to have a lot of issues. But generally speaking, um, I'll just say an older home, maybe 20 years old, 25 even, um, that, you know, not brand new, but there's been well cared for. What a buyer gets the benefits of in something like that is, if um, if the, the owners took care of the house and they upgraded over time, as an example, they may have bought and, and upgraded the kitchen over the years. Well, if it cost them 25000 bucks to upgrade, they upgrade the kitchen, they're not going to get them $25,000 back. The, the shrubbery may be mature. They may have an, a beautiful lawn. So what you get a benefit on when you're buying existing so long as it's been well take cared for, is you do get a, the benefit of all of that seller's upgrades that are costly if you're buying new construction. You know, you want upgrades on new constructions, you pay more. 
so if you're buying uh, an existing home, let me put it that way, uh, that has been well-maintained and um, structurally it's sound, you know, you don't need a brand new roof, et cetera, et cetera, uh, you do get, in my opinion, more bang for the buck. Um, but that's beauty's in the eye of the beholder. So um, there are many people that rather would buy new construction. And you know what? It's fine, but you you know you're paying for customizing. Whereas if someone is more penny pinching, let me put it that way, they have less dollars available, uh, and they want maybe a few amenities that they don't want to necessarily pay as an upgrade. Uh, they usually will find a better bang for the buck in an existing home. That's not to knock all the real uh, the, uh, the builders out there. Many people do want brand new. They want exactly what they want. And that's and that's that's fine, but um, let's say someone's a first-time home buyer, um, Rhode Island housing, things of that nature. They, they will generally get more uh, more for their dollar when they're buying existing. Well, back to our original answer that she offered. It depends, right? <laughs> exactly. That was a very wise answer. Thank you, Robert L. Martin, broker owner Bob Martin, as we call him from Crossroads Real Estate Group on Park Avenue. And again, they can reach you if they have a personal question at 766-7545, extension 111. That right? Yes, absolutely, Roger. I'm oh, here all day. All right. Uh, enjoy your Christmas shopping today, Bob. Have a good day. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Bob Martin on our live line with our real estate question of the morning. Up next, John Brian. A Roofmaster with 35 years experience. Avoid disaster and hire the master. Roofmaster provides customers with high quality roofing services. Putting a roof over your head is the most important thing your home needs. Storm and wind damages are a real threat to your roof. Most importantly, your insurance company can help you. The Roofmaster will inspect your roof at no cost to you. Inspections are free and we are fully insured. Then that includes residential and commercial properties. Contact the Roofmaster team today and we will get you started. We are GA. AF certified. So call the Roofmaster at 401-400-7008. That's 401-400-7008. Remember, it's Roofmaster. You won't be disappointed. I guarantee it. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. And we are back with the panel here on the Upfront Radio Show on this beautiful and cold Friday morning. I am your host for the next 45 minutes. My name is John Brian. So great to be here. Love being here on Friday mornings to speak with you. Have you speak with me, of course, and you can do that because that's what this talk show is all about. It is a talk show. And I definitely want to hear from you. So you can do so by calling me at 766-1380-769-0600. And toll-free 1-800-949-9674. And like Jeff says, you can even email us here at the station up front at WNRI.com. So I'm kind of going back and forth how I, I want to start my morning here with you today. But I think what I want to do is I want to talk about, and I hate to do it. I hate to do it again, but it's what everyone's talking about. And it's not going away, unfortunately. And that's COVID-19. And why do I want to talk about COVID-19? I have an angle. I have an angle on this COVID-19 thing that I want to discuss with you. And one of the things that's absolutely driving me crazy is the, politiza the politicization 
of COVID-19. And why do I say that? So right now, as it stands in, uh, in the state of Rhode Island, and I've got some numbers here from Dr. Andrew Bostom. The seven-day COVID-19, the mean seven-day COVID-19 hospital admission and daily inpatient hospital census numbers are 56 and 58% lower than at this time last year. So last year, there were 64 hospital admissions due to COVID-19. And this year, there are 28. Now, daily inpatient hospital census numbers, that's people in the hospital for a reason, including COVID. Last year, 478. This year, 199. The numbers are going down. And I heard the other day, the politicians The politicians are back at it. So you've got Governor Dan McKee who's saying, well, you know, we have to get very serious. We have to get very serious with COVID-19. Who hasn't been serious? I mean, I'm at a point now where I was so serious that I'm just sick of it. Like, really? I've moved on. And I think a lot of people have moved on. And it's time to. I mean, this, again, it's a virus with a 99% point seven percent survival rate so we really do have to move on as a society okay the most vulnerable should be protected and if you as a person in your own personal choice want to stay home please do stay home i encourage that but don't put that on the rest of us that want to live okay and don't think that you're more virtuous than those who just want to live their lives all over again and put this behind us because we can and we should. So Dan McKee's out there saying, well, we really have to be careful and we have to take this seriously. And we might have to weigh going back to an indoor mask mandate. So that almost blew my head off my shoulders. But then, you see, here we go with the politicians. And that's the problem with COVID-19 and these politicians. They're all trying to outmaneuver each other and they're creating public policy about a virus due to politics. It's all political. So because Governor McKee doesn't come out strongly and say we should have a mass mandate, Seth Magaziner, who's running for governor, and I like Seth. Seth's a nice guy. He's always been really nice to me. I took a picture with him at the Polar Express. He put it up on his Facebook. I like Seth. I just don't agree with his politics. He's way too lefty for me. He came right out and said, we need a, we need a strong leader, and I, I, I advocate for a full mask mandate all over again. Okay. So Seth's going to show that he's tough and, and full mass mandate. So then, not to be outdone, she, should, who sh- she, who should never be governor of this state, and if she ever gets elected governor of this state, shut off the lights, shut the door, go home, 
because it's all over but the crying, okay? One Miss Nellie Gorbea, the Secretary of our state, the Secretary of State who refuses to purge the voter rolls, refuses to divulge who's on the voter rolls, accepts votes by email, loves anything but a secure and fair election, wants to be our governor. Can't do the job of Secretary of State, but wants to be our governor. And she came out with a plan, a plan. Now understand, this is a plan. There, they're going to tackle COVID-19. Finally, they're going to do it. They're the ones. They're the ones that are going to have the, the, the right plan. I've got a plan. Point one in this plan is to set a goal for a decrease in infection rates. Until that goal is met, we must all adopt strict masking measures in indoor public spaces. Goes on to say we need widespread testing, expanded access for boosters and vaccinations so working families can easily receive them. Now, see, that's the thing. Working families. That's what lefty Dems do, by the way. They call them working families, right? Working families means union people. That's what that means, by the way. And I don't have a problem with unions, but that's what the speak is in Democrat. If you know the Democratic language, that's what that means. Working families, union families. My question is, who isn't a working family? I work, my wife works. We're a working family. But we don't count. Why? Because we don't depend on the government and we're not in a union. So we're not a working family. I'm sure you good listeners are working families. Everyone's a working family. If you've got a family and you work, you're a working family. So I can't stand this Dem speak, but I love this one. We, the state needs an honest readout of the current situation with daily updates from our state medical leaders. Daily updates? We're not going back to March of 2020. We don't need daily updates. This is a 99.7% survival rate. This is insanity. Oh, watch out for Omicron. Omicron's coming. That's what they tell you. If it's not Delta, it's Omicron. If it's not this, it's that. And it's going to be all of this until the midterm variant. It's not safe. It's not safe to go to the polls. We have to let everybody vote by mail again. It's our only chance. That's what's going on. They want people to be afraid. That's the key. Don't you understand? That's the key. Because as people stop fearing COVID... Politicians will start fearing the people. So as long as they can keep you scared, they don't have to be scared of you. That's what this is all about. It's so awesome. I saw, I forget this lady, Megan something or other. She's a doctor. She works at Brown. She's, uh, she's, she's always on, on TV. She's one of these, 
you know, super COVID people who like, you know, triple mask and wear gloves and don't leave the house. And if you do, it's just like this craziness, right? Like she is like Captain Crazy when it comes to this COVID nonsense. Talking about how, you know, we really need a masking mandate because not only are numbers going up, but also staffing at hospitals is really low and we have to make sure that the hospitals aren't overrun. Now, let's back up for a minute because there's a lot to unpack there. 15 days to flatten the curve, BS. We don't want the hospitals to be overrun. They never were. Okay? They never were. Once people get vaccinated, we can get back to normal. We won't have to wear masks anymore. We can get back to normal life. Lie. They want to mask you again. By the way, I'm going to tell you this straight out. I shan't comply. Neither should you. Enough is enough. Look, here's the reality. If a politician says, you have to wear a mask when you're inside, and like a bunch of people say no, what are they going to do? What can they do to you? The problem is people live in fear of their elected leaders. It should be the opposite. The elected leaders should fear the people because they serve the people. And they should know that if they don't serve them properly, they're out. And I would like to see a lot of out at this point. So she says, we have to go back to masking because staffing levels are low. Duh, staffing levels are low because you fired people for not getting the vaccine. That doesn't have to anything to do with the virus. That has to do with your stupid mandate. 200 employees fired from UMass Memorial Hospital due to the vaccine mandate. But yet they continue to tell us more about how COVID is causing a health care crisis. And it's not the liberal politicians that are imposing these dictates. That's what it is. And if we go locally, okay, right here in the great city of Woonsocket. The CEO of Woonsocket's Landmark Medical Center says that he also supports reimposing an indoor mask mandate in Rhode Island, citing the increase in COVID cases. Okay, when you do incredible amounts of testing, because if it's a 94% vaccinated population, we're all going to carry it. We're all going to get it. Just deal with it. You're not going to hide from a virus. It's a microorganism that's basically everywhere. Everyone's going to get it. Everyone's going to fight it. And it's going to go away. Eventually, it will mutate like the flu. It will wax. It will wane. That's how viruses go. That's how the human population lives. That's how we lived. But this hyper-politization of this virus due to the politicians and the mainstream media and big tech has made the population crazy. Okay? The increase in COVID cases as well as the staffing shortages. That's what the CEO of Landmark is saying. If you have staffing shortages because you got rid of those that aren't vaccinated, that's on you. I'm not wearing a mask because of your dumb policy. The people at the hospitals and the, pri- and the other places could have said, hey, we're not enforcing that. We don't agree with that. We're not enforcing that. 
So if you go along with it and your staff is down because you fired people for not getting the shot because they believe in natural immunity and now you want everybody to be masked because of your dumb policy, well, as the old saying goes, you can jump in a lake. I got a couple callers, but I'm going to leave you with this fact before I go to the phones. If you like college football, then you like the SEC. And the SEC is one of the biggest conferences in the United States. One of the most competitive conferences in the United States. And what has SEC football taught us about COVID? Okay. The average weekly local infection rate for the five weeks before SEC football began was 0.44. That's less than 1%, 0.44. It decreased to 0.18, 0.18 during the SEC football season. There's no evidence that SEC football activities led to outbreaks in host communities. That's tens of thousands of people getting together. Unmasked. At football stadiums. And the numbers have gone down since SEC football has started in the fall. But the politicians tell you, well, we're going to have to put masks on regardless of vaccination status. I walked in a building yesterday that said, masks required regardless of vaccination status. It makes you think, what did, what did people get the shot for then? What was the point? Good morning, and welcome to the Upfront Show. Okay, good morning. Very quickly, I'm going to try. Yesterday, I was in the presence of uh, three other people, none of whom were vaccinated. I have been totally vaccinated, and I got COVID. And one of the other people who was not vaccinated, uh, she got COVID. I agree with you. We are blowing this all out of proportion. And I, I, Nellie Gorbea, could you refresh my memory, uh, Mr. Brian? Where did she come from? Where the hell did Nellie Gorbea come from? I mean, I know she went to a- Nellie Gorbea was under Matt Brown, okay? The leader of the Island of Misfit Toys, the socialist communist Marxist, who's now running for governor. She- was his deputy secretary of state. She came out of Matt Brown's office, and when Matt Brown left that office, she ran for, because uh, he ran for United States Senate and got walloped. Uh, she ran for secretary of state, and now she's term limited. Uh, well, anyway, uh, she isn't even worth talking about. She, she will control some of the uh, Hispanic vote, but I don't think a lot of it because they think Hispanic people and black people are stupid, but they think we're stupid too. So they think everybody's stupid and they can pull us. But the other thing I wanted to talk about was this whole thing about Jussie Smollett and the damage that he and the mainstream media did to President Trump with this baloney and and what he cost the Chicago Police Department to uh, investigate his fake news 
bullcrap story. And let me stop you right there. In case people don't know, Jussie Smollett was a TV star in Chicago. He lived in Chicago. He faked an attack, a racial-based attack, by what he said were... Mag, you know, white MAGA. people in MAGA hats. Yeah. Or, okay, oh, make they, America, weren't, they right? weren't white, I don't think. No, no, no. He said they were white. He said oh, he, oh. he said they were white. Oh, they ended up being oh, okay. the they ended up being the the <laughs> twin the twin black brothers who were weightlifters <laughs> wearing these. The whole thing yeah. was orchestrated, and everybody, and I mean everybody, from from Kamala Harris, who said it was a modern day lynching, to every. Every yeah. lefty in the yeah. world and every mainstream media in the world saying this yeah. is President Trump's fault. And here's the problem. Yeah. He was found guilty on five felony counts yesterday of faking that. That was barely covered. What they do is when someone does a fake race crime, they totally cover it like it's real. When there is a real race crime, like someone harassing Larry Elder when he's running for governor and throwing yeah. eggs at him in a gorilla yeah. hat... The mainstream yep. media ignores it because yep. they want a race war. They want racial division. They want divide and conquer. The media yep. is not the people's friend. And until people wake up and realize that, we're not going to get anywhere. I, my question is to everybody listening, how do we do that? By the way, my last point, Michelle Obama, behind the scenes, made calls to people in Chicago to kind of help Jussie, Jussie. I, I don't even know what the hell kind of name that is. I would hardly call him a star. I think he uh, was looking to increase his stardom or whatever, but this, this kind of thing shows what the media is. But my, I still want people to tell me, how do we get liberals ex-friends in my opinion you know in my situation i know they will never watch fox they will never watch newsmax they will never and they'll never admit that they were wrong and that donald trump wasn't the big boogeyman that they made him out to be. So I I'm looking...